Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans, where the content is absolutely free. And, and guys, as I tell you every week, uh, it's not just the, the, the pod that's free, we have articles, social media, uh, there's a history archive and it's all original, independent and free content made by us for you. It is episode 106 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. I'm your host this evening, I'm Colin Armstrong. If, the, if it's the first time that you've listened to the pod, then we would encourage you to subscribe and share on social media. We have over 3,000 subscribers now, so thanks to everyone who subscribes so far and listens every week. Uh, the podcast is live tonight, it's Sunday night. However, it will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow morning, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Now, guys, another great week for Rangers. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a good week all around, a good win on Thursday night in Europe, eh, followed up by an outstanding victory today in Motherwell at Fur Park. So we'll have a wee look at that. We'll have a look at both games. We'll start with the Motherwell game and then look at the, the, the game on Thursday night and the Galatasaray game coming up this Thursday. We'll also have a wee look at the, the SFA's ridiculous charge of Steven Gerrard. It's, it's actually it's, it's so funny. It's, it's actually sad. Uh, so we'll have a wee discussion around that. A wee look at Ross County next week uh, at Ibrox on the Sunday and then at Super Alley Turn 58 this week. So we'll have a wee discussion about McCoy's because... Uh, obviously, his reputation took a wee bit of a battering uh, when he was a the manager there, and we'll have a wee discussion as to where he is now with the supporters. Uh, so joining me this week, we've got two, it's the two Davids this week. It's good night from him and it's good night from me, all that sort of stuff. Uh, first one up is David Wren, fellow uh, host as well. How are you, David? How's your weekend been? Um, yes, uh, all the better for, for today's result. Working today as well, so I was sort of uh, juggling the two, the two things, but... Um, no, all good, and I think it, it helps when, when there's a victory to, to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I had quite a busy day today, actually. I mean, I was up this morning, I was out for a walk with my daughter, uh, five miles, check me, by the way, uh, and then sat and watched the game, and then I was through to Giffnock in Glasgow. My boy had a game through there uh, against Glasgow City. So we were through there, and it was quite funny. I had a wee th- you're probably too young to remember this, David. Maybe the other David will know, but... The original Taggart, uh, Mark McManus, when he was Taggart, the, the house that he stayed in, and I was walking about, I, I dropped my boy off today to play football, and then I went to get a cup of tea, I went into the sort of Main Street in Giffnock, and as I was coming back, I was like, this kind of looks like the place that Taggart stayed, so I'd done a bit of Googling, and sure enough, that's where he stayed, that was where they used the house and the, the show, uh, it was just round the corner, so you got a Taggart uh, start for you there. Has well, uh, that made your evening a lot better, David? You, you, you lost me at Taggart, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure David Fraser would have enjoyed that 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 sort of tag up stuff more than you. Would you have David? Am I right in that? I'm a tag up fan. I, I, I guess back in the day, I, I was a bit partial <laughs> to, to a, a Mark McManus detective story. Yeah, I don't think he was as good as Rebus, but I, I was just one of those wee things, a wee bit of sort of 
uh, trivia, you know. And how are you, David? The other David. I don't know how it's going to be awkward tonight when I'm saying David because the twos will be jumping in. But how's your weekend been? Enjoy the result today. Oh, it goes without saying. It's been a, a good week in Rangers land after the the mini catastrophe according to social media last Sunday. So I, I very my pecker is up, shall we say. I kind of disagreed with the catastrophe last week, I have to say. I thought it wasn't, obviously, I think the most frustrating aspect about it was the fact that we had the game won and then we just, you know, that stupid error cost us. But I didn't think it was a, a, a as bad a result as many painted out. But anyway, right, let's move on, guys. I'm not one of them, Colin. I sided with yourself, your good self, and your opinion on the, on the show last week. Good man, good man. Uh, right, so on to matters this week, guys. Uh, great result today. Uh, 5-1 against Motherwell, you know, especially coming back after uh, the, the the game on Thursday night, you know, the whole the whole European hangover thing, we've, we've got over that, and not only won, but won convincingly well. Uh, David Wren, I'll come to you first on this. Uh, I mean, in my view, I, I thought, we were saying off, off air there, and David Fraser was sort of saying he thinks it's the, the most professional performance he's seen from a Gerrard side coming off the back of a European game. I, I I can see where he's coming from from that. I thought it was a thoroughly professional performance today. I thought we played really well, right up for it for the start. You know, five goals, goal spread amongst the players as well. Itton uh, got his first goal, and Jones had such a an impact on the game and scored a cracking goal as well. So I mean, overall, you would have to say a, a thoroughly decent day at the office. Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest compliment I can pay to to Stephen Gerrard and the team was the fact that it was a, a really enjoyable 90 minutes and that might sound uh, sound a bit daft but I think for you know a lot of us that have watched Rangers over the past you know three years even under Gerrard I think there's always a you know a fear especially as David as David said off air you know coming off the, the back of these these European trips um, and going to a place like Motherwell where you know historically over the past couple of years has been a really difficult place to go um, for a lot of teams in the league, and, and you know they're, they're very physical. Today we didn't see that at all, really. Um, I didn't think they they really laid a glove on us at all. Um, I felt like we, you know, I thought that first chance, you know, in the first to get a chance that early through Morelos, a fantastic save by Trevor Carson. Um, but that sort of set the tone for the game. We were on the front foot from the start, and then. That just continued uh, as the game went on. Um, nice to get a penalty in the league as well. You know, it's been a wee while since we since we got one of those. And um, yeah, as you say, I mean, I, I, I was I was really happy with the with the way some of the boys that that hadn't really played um, came into the game. And all come on to this, but you know, Calvin Bassey and and Jordan Jones especially. I thought, you know, I said to you, Colin, uh, this morning when the team came out, that they that excited me the, the fact that they two were in the team and and. You know, I was I was pleased to see them um, do so well, uh, and then obviously big Cedric Eaton getting his getting his first couple of goals there. And the first one was a magnificent strike. You know, um, fantastic goal, probably the goal of the day. Uh, and yeah, I mean, just just really really satisfying to watch that, especially you know after after last week, which as you say, it wasn't a catastrophe, but it was certainly. You know, a bit more downbeat that, that would drop points. So to to put in a performance like that, what could have been a tricky fixture, um, no complaints, and, and I think really really positive week. Hey, David Fraser, I've come to you now. Uh, 
in terms of the, the team selection, as David has said there, you know, Hadji was dropped today and Jordan Jones came in and they left out Borna for Bassey. Now, Gerard confirmed before the game. I was a wee bit surprised when uh, I got the message because I hadn't seen the team because, as I said, I was out I was out for a walk. I got back in sort of 10 minutes before the kickoff uh, and, and David had messaged me to say, you know, that, that, that Bassey was in. I was a wee bit surprised at that. I thought, a wee bit surprised that he's come in because we rely so much on Borna. Uh, going forward and for set pieces and cross balls and stuff like that. But it turns out he's apparently he's got a wee niggle on his groin. They didn't want to risk him. But Hadji's the one I wanted to talk about uh, because he has sort of attracted a bit of criticism uh, on social media and various other platforms from a few Rangers supporters. Uh, so I, I, I maybe wasn't surprised about Hadji being dropped, but Jones coming in did surprise me a wee bit. But in, in terms of, of, of Hadji himself, do you think it was fair that he was he was sort of relegated to the bench today? And and what's your thoughts on, on his overall performance levels this season? Because I don't think he has quite hit the heights that we're, we're expecting of him. But that said, I don't think he's been as bad as, as many have made out. And I think we have to remember that the boy's only 21 years old and, you know, still trying to establish himself. So what's your thoughts on Hadji? Do you think the, the criticism's deserved and he deserved to lose his place or do you think he's, he's, he's been unfairly sort of treated at the moment? Um, I think you're damned if you, if, you, if you do, damned if you don't, with regards to Yanis Hadji, Colin. Um, first up, I rate him as a player. As you rightly mentioned, he's only 21. I think a lot of people uh, are maybe not taking that into account as much as they should. Uh, there's no doubt about it in my mind that the, the weight of expectation because of the name in the back of his jersey counts for quite a lot in the eyes of some supporters. Uh, and then you've got the, the, the added um, weight, if you like, with regards to the, the fee that was involved for him. Now, what we were led to believe was that they, they, they tied him up for, for between three and three and a quarter million pounds in the summer. And uh, that kind of money, given you know our spending power these days that then um and a lot of the eyes of a lot of supporters the expectation levels go up because you think well that kind of money we should be um we should be expecting a player who's who's more of the, the finished article but as i've said there the guy's only 21 um as a youngster i think he was on the books of galatasaray memory serves and then he, he's, he's been he got a move to, to Fiorentina uh, and then Fiorentina saw fit to, to move him on to, uh, to Genk in Germany, uh, sorry, in Belgium. So, uh, aye, it's, a, it's a hard one. You can see elements of his game where he, he seems to be lightweight and he's, he's maybe not as good as he could be at protecting the ball. Uh, sometimes his touches, his control isn't instant. And then there's other times where he, he looks as if he's on song and he knows how to move with the ball at his feet. I think the one thing you definitely can see, or certainly from my perspective anyway, he's got a footballing brain. His, his vision and some of his touches, uh, I'd go as far as to say, are, are exquisite. And, and he brings something to the team in that respect that, that no one else has really got. The only player that I would possibly see that might have that type of vision would be maybe Joe Arebo. Um I mean, seen from it, he set up play for Scott Arfield's goal at Easter Road last week. Again, he was excellent. Ali McCoy waxed lyrical about it in commentary. And uh, I, he, he said some smashing touches. But 
there's other times you think he looks he looks lost, he looks like a wee boy on the pitch. Uh, and I think it's far too early to judge uh, the, the boy. I think I'd, I'd like to see him over time uh, put maybe half a stone on, maybe certainly three to four pounds of weight on that, but that would that would help him in terms of shielding the ball. But that would that then negate from his any speed work that he might be doing because you could legitimately leave a criticism at him for being maybe a yard short or certainly half a yard short. So you'd like to think if we could if we could round the the, the rough edges in his game, you, you would say speed him up by a yard and maybe put a bit of weight on. But um, ah, you can see how he might flit in and out of the team. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back in and, and start the match on Thursday night against Galatasaray. Like that said. I, th- I think the, the, the sort of the best example we can use we Haji is Kent. You know, I mean, I, I think these the, the sort of criticisms that are getting aimed at Haji at the moment. We were, we were aiming at Ryan Kent last season, and he's went away in the close season. It, it, it seems to me it's funny you're talking about Haji. Maybe needs to to bulk up a wee bit. I think Kent has. I think he looks a bit more of a unit eh, this season, and the, the, his performance levels are, are through the roof at the moment. So I think we have an example there that if you know, if we're patient enough and we give the boy a chance, I think, like you say, he has got a football and brain. I think he could come good for us. That said, you know, given the money that we've spent on, you know, you maybe do expect a wee bit more, you know, because he has got moments, but I just think we need a wee bit more from him. But I do think we have to show uh, a bit of patience with him. David, coming back to you on Jordan Jones. Now, he was, he's a guy that very much it's, it's felt like on more than one occasion that his Rangers career is is dead and buried. And I, like like I said earlier on today, I was surprised when he was back in the team. I, I genuinely had the feeling that, that Gerard had taken a dislike to him. Uh, I think the, 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 the action in the old fun game uh, when he got sent off, I don't think that you know, served him any favours when it, when, it, when it came to Gerard. And I genuinely did at more than one one point. I thought this this there's no way back for this guy. And before the game today, Chris Boyd was kind of alluding to that, and then the sort of build up, saying, you know, this is his last chance. You know, he needs to put in a performance, uh, and he did. You know, he put in an excellent performance. And I'd noticed him a couple of times before his goal. You know, holding up the ball well, beating a couple of players, distribution excellent at times. And then the goal, I mean, the goal was excellent. You know, the the, the, the bit of movement before it with Scott Arfield, a given goal with a couple of players, great ball from, from Arfield. But the way Jones takes it on his right foot, puts it on his left and then just slams it home, you know, topped off a, a, a really, really good performance. So do you think this could be a turning point in Jordan Jones's Rangers career or is, is it just a wee flash in the pan before he's eventually showing the door? Um, I thought... I thought on Thursday night when he came on, he, he, he did well. Um, just showed a bit of urgency and a sort of bit of um, like he wanted to, to make an impression on Thursday. You uh, made a point with Chris Boyd um, talking about before the game. And the thing about that is, you know, Boyd knows all too well how good Jones can be on his day. Um, I mean, God knows how many goals he set up for Boyd uh, when they were at Kamarnock together. So, the thing for the thing for me, and this was something that came to my mind, you know, a few weeks ago when, when Brandon Barker was playing um week in, week out. And I could sort of see why why Barker was playing. And it was to give us that sort of bit of pace and, and that sort of natural wing on the in the final third there in the, in the front three. But I mean it was quite obvious to see that it just wasn't really happening for Barker. And I think the difference between Barker and Jones is 
I think for for Barker, he struggles with that um, self belief sometimes and the confidence to I think to wear the jersey in, in many ways and to sort of believe that he's good enough to play at that level week in week out. Jones doesn't lack that confidence. You know, he won't be a player that will um, shirk a, a challenge. You know, he he believes in himself and believes in his own ability, which you know is something that you need when you when you play for for a club the size of Rangers and with that expectation. Um, I think, as you say, a couple of things that went against them last season. Um, I think there was maybe a, a heavy influence of Mark Allen in that signing. Um, when he came from Kilmarnock, I think he'd been earmarked, you know, long before he actually actually came uh, for the move. So, I would like to see him get a run. I'd like to see him given a chance. Um, for me, guys like him and guys like actually Greg Stewart, who I think had a, had a had a tough time of it really at Rangers in terms of the opportunities he's been given. But they're the sort of guys that should be playing in these these games, the, these games after the big European ties on Thursday night, because they're proven. Sorry, Premiership players who can who can do it at that level. So I don't think we've actually made the the most over the past year or so um, of guys like Jones and Greg Stewart because they're they're the sort of guys that should be coming in for the Sunday games after the Thursday European tie um, and making an impact. And I think they could. I think Jones proved it today that you know he's got the ability to to play. With in that team and in that system, and um, he's never going to be one not to ask for the ball and not to take on uh, take on men trying to make things happen. So yeah, for me today, he's, he's certainly played himself in in a Gerald's thoughts, and I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think he has the ability to to keep that consistent level of performance. But I mean, don't get me wrong. When I'd, I'd obviously covered covered Kelly quite a lot when when he was there, and I was surprised Rangers signed him. But I think, uh, to go back to your previous point about Kent bulking up, Jones looks a lot, you know, uh, a lot um, stronger now than he did when he was at Kilmarnock. Um, physically looks a lot bigger. So he's obviously working hard. He's caught Gerard's eye and, you know, he's not done himself any harm today because I think he's shown that, if, any, if nothing else, he's a better option than, than Brandon Barker. And, you know, Barker, before his injury, was getting a fair, a fair run in the team. So there's no reason why now... Now Jones can't can't expect the same. David, the, the the other sort of main player brought in today was Calvin Bassey. As I said earlier on, Bonner's got a, a sort of wee, uh, tweaking his groin, so Gerard didn't want to to risk him. I think obviously thinking about the game against Galatasaray on Thursday, I was a little bit apprehensive when I saw Bassey was in the team. Not not because I, I don't rate the boy, but just because Barisic is so important to us. You know him and Tav. Pushing up, delivering uh, you know the amount the amount of assists that both both of them get. But I think Barisic, especially the quality of his delivery is is exceptional at times. You know, at, at set pieces, corner kicks, all that kind of stuff. And I just feel he's so important to us. And so when I, I saw he wasn't playing and what could be a tricky game, I was a wee bit apprehensive. But I actually thought Calvin Bassey came in uh, and and done done really well and he's another he's another boy that's a bit of a unit you know he's he's, he's a sturdy bit of tin so to speak what about yourself how did how did you feel uh, Bassey played today in his, his, his first uh, start for the club I like yourself um, I thought Calvin Bassey played well uh, when I saw his his inclusion in the, the, the starting lineup, I wasn't that apprehensive about him starting um, 
I can see where you're coming from with regards to, to Borna's attacking prowess, but I think in the the cameos that, that Calvin Bassey has, uh, has shown um, when he, he's come into the, into the side, especially against the United, Ibrox, that he looks more than capable, certainly going forward. Um, maybe not as high up the pitch as, as Barisic tends to be, more often than not, but um, I, his attributes... Uh, I think we're there for all to see today as to why uh, the coaching staff saw fit to, to sign him. Um, as you mentioned, he's, he's certainly physically, um, you know, he's, he's got prowess about him when he's, he's moving. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's not going to be bullied on the pitch by any, any manner of means, but the looks of things. Uh, he's, he's reasonably mobile, and when he gets up to speed, he's, you know, he's, he's certainly not slow. Uh, he's, I mean, he's no, he's no lightning quick either, but he's he's certainly fast enough. He looks to have uh, decent technical ability when it comes to passing the ball. The only thing you, you'd maybe, you know, the question that you'd have against him, judged you know, based on today's performance and judging by uh, the threats that, that Motherwell um, took to him today, was he wasn't really tested, but. I thought his, his performance uh, was certainly like a lot of guys in the side today. I mean, I, I could I could take up you know another ten minutes talking about how good the performances were all over the pitch today. But Bassi certainly didn't let himself down. Um, I think based on that performance, if Barisic were to drop out the side for whatever reason, um, I think we've got an able deputy in the squad, uh, another young guy who can only improve. Um, he falls into the same category as Yanis Hadji uh, in the sense that you know he's in the right place with regards to you know we're, our coaches are presumably going to get the better the best out of the guy um, and he's going to, only going to get better. So I thought it was um, it was yet another uh, pleasing aspect to, to today's performance, which you could argue uh, was possibly one of the better ones in the, the league campaign this season so far. Guys, to, to get over the confusion between the two Davids, I'm, I'm going to continue calling David Fraser, David and David Ren. I'm going, I'm going to go down the Sci Ferry route and refer to you as Rennie, okay? <laughs> so Rennie, uh, Tav was on the score sheet again today, two penalties. Now, before we actually talk about Tav's uh, performance levels this season. I, I believe Michael Stewart claimed on Sports Scene tonight that neither penalty today was a penalty, uh, but Motherwell should have had a penalty. The whole Mr. Biomechanics is, is, is back at it again. Utter, oh, utter horseshit for an absolute clown of a man. But taking that to one side, you know, he's, he's took his two, his, his two penalties well. His overall performances this year have been, have been fairly. You'd have to say they've been, you know, outstanding. Really, he's a man yet again, and, and he's he's took his fair share of uh, stick on here as well. You know, nothing personal. You know, always constructive, but he has taken a bit of criticism on on the show a few times. But this season, uh, Rennie, he seems to have really upped up to this season. That that Rennie part is absolutely. I mean, I don't know where you've, where you've magicked that up. That's obviously been between David Fraser. Been asked the question, him answering the question. You've been writing down your notepad, different names to call me there. I could have came up with a few worse names to be fair. <laughs> but what do you want me to call you? I've got because the David thing isn't working. I'm going David this, David that. Right, I'll, I'll call you Mister Ren, Mister Ren. Ah, what, what have you got? Bit of respect at last. Nice. <laughs> uh, 
sorry to go back to the to, to go back to the question. I I don't know. I mean, I was I was um, watching the game, and you know, there were obviously two handballs. I would assume that they're to do with this new rule, which having watched the Spurs game straight after ours is is crazy. Uh, it really is. It's a it's a crazy rule, but listen, I I didn't really. I didn't. I wasn't shocked that we got the penalties. You know, I thought they were reasonable enough. There was no real. Um, I think the second one was a strange position to have your have your um, your arm in, uh, and then it sort of, sort of looked like he actioned his arm away from his body and sort of hit the ball. First one looked a bit more clear cut. It hit the guy's arm, um, which was a, looked away from his body. But again, handball handball penalties are always difficult, but. You know, Tav's just got to put them away, and, and you know, he's it's good to see him. You know, back in the back in the goals from the penalty spot. You know, that's three and two games, um, because there was a wee spell there where we weren't really sure. You know, who the penalty taker was because we'd missed so many. Um, so yeah, that was good. And I thought, uh, to be fair, I, I thought maybe the the first one, Kamara, uh, on the guy Campbell, who I incidentally I quite like the boy Campbell um, as a player, but I thought. Perhaps in another day that, that maybe could have been a penalty, but other than that, they done a couple of shouts that I didn't think um, I didn't think well. But listen, it's one of them the penalties. <laughs> we've gone long enough without getting any. Um, so yeah, it's, you could talk all day about the, the merits of awarding penalties and whatever. The most important thing is the player that takes them has got to put them in the back of the net. And Tav did that, and that's really all that I care about. Um, on Tav himself, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan, uh, and I would very rarely uh, slag him off, even you know. And there has been, and probably merited, he's made a few mistakes um, over the past few years. But I think Tav and Goldson seem to take a wee bit of stick from the support or certain parts of the support. I think they're, you know, they're in the team every week for a reason. It's because they're two of our most, you know, consistent players. Tavernier's you know, been a great servant to the club and the goals he scores from right back. Quite incredible. Um, and he's, a, I'm a massive fan. I think he offers so much going forward and I actually think leadership qualities as well in terms of the way he conducts himself on the pitch and his overall um, overall ability and, and sense of professionalism is, you know, fitting of a, a Rangers captain. And that, I've been delighted to see him do so well this season. Along with Barisic, um, both of them have been, you know, player of the year contenders. Even even as early as this, you know, um, certainly the first few games have been absolutely outstanding. And um, yeah, I think if if he continue, if they can, they're, they're two of our most important players. Um, and if they continue to play the way they're playing at the moment, we'll we'll certainly be up there um, come the end of the season. It's it's good to see him getting. Getting goals again, getting in amongst it, and yeah, I've I've got no complaints uh, over Tav, and I think he deserves this this good run. You know, I think part of the problem is with Goldson and uh, Tavernier is you know they're, they're, they're pillars of consistency, but see when they do make an error, they tend to lead to a goal. You know what I mean? And and in that respect, I think they're maybe just a wee bit unlucky. You know what I mean? Because plenty of defenders and uh, you know centre half, fullbacks, whatever, make mistakes. But they, they don't always lead to a goal. It seems when whenever they do anything wrong, 
it does directly lead to a goal. And, and in that respect, I think they're a wee bit unlucky. But I think that's where some of the criticism comes from. And I think, you know, players are. You're allowed to criticise players as long as it's constructive. Uh, then I think you are. And I think some of the criticism that Tav and Golson have, have taken has been has been legitimate. It's when it gets personal, though, that I, I think that that's when it goes too far. You know, when people are just having a go at people for think- the sake of it. I think when we, when the fans are on the ground, you notice it a wee bit more, you know, and, and it seems to be like if Tavalier makes a mistake or something happens, he puts the ball out of play or, you know, any, any minor thing. seems like it's very quick that folk are on his back. And I don't know, as you say, you know, there's been a few high-profile blunders there. Um, but I think it's unfair on him, considering the amount of effort. He's, the thing I like about Tavalier as well is he is, he will never not ask for the ball. You know, no matter what's happened in the game, he's always available for the ball. He'll always take the ball. And I think that's, you know, that shows that that's a marker him as a player. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's when your best players are always going to be the ones that get the most, uh, are highlighted the most, I suppose. And I think he falls into that. There's, there's expectations on him um, that perhaps there isn't on, on other players. And maybe that's just why. The nature of it that why he gets more criticism just because he is such a high profile player in the in the current team. Hey, Mr. Fraser, coming back to you. You know, we're we're using our Sunday titles here to to, to avoid the confusion. A man in the match performance today by Scott Arfield. Now I've I've sort of went on about Scott uh, Scott Arfield, sorry, a lot in the past. He's a player I really, really like. But you know, his his form's been a wee bit indifferent maybe over the last sort of six to twelve months kind of in and out of the team, no longer a sort of regular starter. But he came on against Dungeon United a couple of weeks ago and he, he really looked hungry and involved in a lot of that game. Got got his goal, obviously got the goal last week, started last week and got the goal. And he's looked kind of like a a, a born-again player, you know, he's, he looks really revitalised. I think he's, the, you were talking earlier on, uh, about Haji having a football brain and being a very, very intelligent player. I think Scott Arfield's the same. I think he uses the ball really, really well when he's on top form. He's one of our better players. Uh, so how do you feel about Scott Arfield? How pleasing is it that he's sort of displaying this kind of form? And and is he, you know, maybe putting a case there to say that maybe Ryan Jack, for example, shouldn't be walking right back into that team if he's displaying this kind of level of performance? I'm very, very enthused by Scotty Arfield's performance early, Colin. Um, without encroaching on a topic for later on the show, I thought his performance uh, in Tilburg on Thursday night was, was outstanding. And I thought he took that into the game today. I know people might be listening to that and saying, ah, but he gave the ball away a few times in, in Holland. I, he did. But I thought, like today, his, his performance... He knitted things together. He's, it was a, an accomplished, experienced performance by Scott Arfield today. Um, it was in the right areas of the pitch. He sped the play up when it required to be sped up. He slowed it down when it re- required to be slowed down. He's, some of his one-touch, uh, you know, three-yard passes and triangles, and obviously he's, he's, he slipped through to, to Jordan Jones for the second goal, was perfectly weighted. He set up Cedric Eaton for his, his first goal in a Rangers jersey. It's just his overall play was, was excellent. Um, showing uh, you know, the, the benefits of experience. Now, obviously, there's a couple of, couple of guys have come into the, 
the squad during the close season. Uh, and as you say, I mean, he's, he's, he's had a, a, an indifferent period of time in a Rangers jersey away at Scott Arfield to the extent where you'd maybe think would he possibly be slipping down the pecking order? Could he possibly even, assuming that the Rangers still are in, actively in the market for midfielders, could he possibly be deemed surplus to requirements in short order? But I would say his, his performances, certainly in the last two games, would, would render that opinion possibly preposterous. He was excellent in both games. He was, he, was good at, he was good at Easter Road last week as well without being quite... You know, as good as he was today, um, and I to, to, to get back, I don't manage to say with regards to to Yanis Hadji, and this could apply to even as David was, was mentioning about Connor Golson and uh, James Tavernier. I think it's important to to remember that there's a silver line at the cloud of not having fans in stadia, because um, I think that certainly Scott Arfield. Um, James Tavernier, certainly Yanis Hadji, um, would possibly be getting a lot of stick for the stands for some of the the the, 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 the foibles in their play, if you like. Um, but with regards to um, cementing his place in the side for the foreseeable future, I think it's heartening to, to say that we've got guys like Joe Aribo, Ryan Kent, eh, sorry, Ryan Jack, Kamar Roof, out the side, and the team are still performing to a, a decent level. I mean, today the, the biggest thing for me today was the, the 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 intensity and the work rate, which was evident in the game against United at, at Ibrox, was evident on Thursday night, and they just basically left off uh, from Thursday night and just took that into the game today. That the work rate. Was, was excellent. They were clo- Tavernier was closing down multiple players in their own box today. And you might say oh, that's you know that, that's as much Motherwell's fault as it is uh, a good aspect of Rangers play. But the work rate was 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 excellent today for the, the whole team. And uh, to try and come at the point here, I think Scott Arfield epitomised that. But his man of his you know man of the match performance, I think he could it was a toss up between possibly two, three, four Rangers players today. It was that good a performance. Mr. Wren, coming back to you, I'm <laughs> forgetting about David, I'm talking to you here. Right, uh, the final final point in today's game, uh, another player that's, you know, not so much at the games, obviously, because we're not in the, the, the stadiums at the moment, so it's all been on social media, but, you know, Cedric Eten, or Eten, whatever you want to, want to call him, he has come in for a bit of stick over the last few weeks. You know, hasn't got his goal yet. Hey, I've seen a few people starting to write him off, saying that they'd signed a dud. He came on today. I mean, as I think uh, it was, as David Fraser pointed out earlier on, his first goal was an absolute peach. The second goal is, I wouldn't say better, but you know, it's certainly an instinctive striker's goal. You know, he reacts quickest. The ball sort of bounced about the box, and he's the one that reacts and just taps it in. You know, and it struck me that. It, a really relieving point, you know. I, th- I think it's always good for a striker to get the first goal. It's almost like that's the weight lifted off their shoulders, you know, because that's the, that's what they want as a striker. You want your first goal. So how good was it to see that? To see him coming on because he looked like he enjoyed it today. Once he got that goal, and one thing I did like was uh, the reaction of the, his teammates when he scored. You know, that it was almost as if the, the, none of them could be happier for him. 
and, and that's good to see. It sort of suggests to me that there's a, there's a strong team spirit there. You know, this guy coming in, scoring his first goal, he looks delighted, teammates all around him. So how did you feel about uh, it in today, Mr. Wren? Um, he was good. No, it was good to see him, as you say, get the get the first goals there. And I mean, it's difficult. I'd, I've Itton and Roof actually, when they both first came in, I felt like they were getting, you know, shoved on and expected to, you know, pull miracles out of the hat when you, you know, the Livingston game and both of them came on and it was like expected that they should save us that day. And I think the thing is between Roof and uh, Eton, you know. Roof is the established striker who we've brought in probably for a few quid from Anderlecht. He's the one that's expected to really hit the ground running. For me, Eaton's going to be the one who, you know, we develop and, and then becomes a great player at, at Rangers rather than Roof, who we're expecting really a bit more from straight away. Um, so I, I never had a major, major uh, expectation on him early goals and... Um, you know he's been he's been coming on at certain points, and you know he obviously started a couple of games and then got injured. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good. It's always good for strikers, and I think every supporter wants to see that as well. I mean, it was the same when when Ruf got his first goal against Kilmarnock. You know, you want to see your strikers score, and you want them to get that um, that confidence up because the last thing you want is you know a striker there that's coming on for 15, 20 minutes a game still not scoring and the next thing you know it's December and we've yet to yet to go on the score sheet so for him to come on today and not only score but to put it away the way he did the first one um, that was a, you know showed a, a bit of confidence there and then as you say the second one was a bit more um, instinctive a good striker's goal uh, I think he'll do well I think he just needs a bit of time to get used to, to the life in, in the UK um, which is slightly different to Ruth who's obviously coming back to British football uh so I think we've got to be patient with it, and I think I think the manager will be. I think Gerard realizes that, that that will be the case, and that's the most important thing, really. And I think he'll protect them in that in that sense. But you know, their goals will do him no harm. And you know, I think at the moment, Morelos will continue uh, as a main striker until you know certainly Bruce back fit. And I mean, who knows what the what, what the future holds for Morelos between now and, and the fifth of October, but. Certainly, you know, he takes a bit of pressure off Eaton there and, you know, he, he certainly get, including the four, you know, you get three strikers around him there that are going to, going to help him and, and that helps take the bit of pressure off him. But for him to get his, his first goal and to take them in such style um, can only can only be viewed as a good thing. Guys, moving on, you know, I think we'll move on to the game on Thursday night. Uh, Mr Fraser... I, you know, before this game, I, th- I think even when we were, we were on the show last week, you know, there was a feeling that this this could be a tricky game. You know, we've obviously done well, and Gerard seems to have these these qualifying games sussed uh, from a coaching point of view. You know, his record in it is absolutely outstanding. But you know, the one-off nature of the tie away from home, Dutch side, the fact that you know you kind of feel that. The longer you go on, you know, by the law of averages, you're 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 going to come unstuck at some point. So there did tend to be a feeling that that might come on Thursday night. I believe that uh, Mark Guidi was was very uh, confident on Radio Clyde on the Wednesday night. He predicted that all three clubs, uh, sorry, of of the four clubs in Europe, three would go out, and that would be Rangers, uh, Motherwell, and Aberdeen, and only Celtic would go through comfortably. 
Uh, so nice to see that he got that right. I, you know, I, I think we all thought we had a chance. I don't think we saw that level of performance in that scoreline coming. Although that said, you know, Stephen Gerrard seemed quite confident in his pre-match build-up. He, he sort of said that, you know, if, if we reach the performance levels that we can and, and that we have done in the past, you know, it would be enough. We would get through. In, in terms of the performance, how did you feel? I must admit, I, I loved it. You know, me, me and the wee man were, were having a, a, a jolly old time on Thursday night watching it. But I didn't see it coming. Not so much the victory, but the, the manner of the victory and, and how much we won by. I certainly never seen it coming. Um, like yourself, Colin, I, I, I was uh, viewing the match with a degree of trepidation. I spoke to my, my old fella on Thursday and he was asking me, have you, have you, have you bought the game yet and got it ready for, for this evening's viewing? And I said, oh, if I've, no, I've not bought it yet, I'm, uh, I'm just... <laughs> A wee bit, uh, a wee bit concerned about how tricky this time might be because you know, reading the the kind of the squad uh, pen picks before the game of the the Villain Tway side, I was expecting a a crack Dutch outfit uh, to come up against us the other night, and um, I don't get me wrong, I mean, the, the, the they had a couple of chances, obviously hit the bar, uh, and if you know, they missed that, they squandered a, a, a sitter as well, and McGregor obviously saved. And uh, if those chances, you know, maybe one of them goes in, you know, you're, you're talking about a different game. But I think that, that Stephen Gerrard and his his his, uh, his analysis of the threats that they would pose Rangers, I think he, you know, he quite succinctly said that that they are front five. Would represent a, a threat to Rangers and would need to marshal them. But he also said that if we play like we can, that their their backline could be got at. And I think that that was was born out to be the case the other night. Um, obviously, Ryan Kent played a starring role. Uh, he was unlucky uh, with the ball that was was played in the first minute. The, the long uh, shell upfield for, for Connor Goldson that, that, that he couldn't really uh, track in the. The floodlights that he, he managed to control, but he just you know, he couldn't set himself um, properly to, to get a shot away. But uh, his performance was was outstanding. Um, it's obviously uh, fueled a discussion about whether he's he's going to get into the uh, Gareth Southgate's or going to his radar. Um, possibly a bit early to be called into an England squad, but the, the more he performs and at that level, to that extent, um, you know, it'd be Gareth Southgate would be, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd say that, that, that Southgate would, would be looking at him, um, possibly not to put him in a squad, but he'd certainly be looking at him. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I, you know, being quite biased towards Ryan Kent, I would say he's good enough to get into an England squad, maybe not to play, but he's certainly good enough to be considered in a squad. But, I, the, the performance the other night was, was excellent. I never saw a 4-0 coming. Um, but I just hope that uh, what you're mentioning there about, you know, the statistics about these qualifiers, I hope we've, we've, uh, we've got another one in the bag to, to, to pull out on Thursday night when we, we take on the Turks at, at Ibrox. Um, Mr. Ren, on that, the, you know, Stephen Gerrard's described it you know, he's described Galatasaray as Champions League opposition. 
Uh, and the game also kind of represents 11th place versus 12th place in the UEFA uh, coefficient table. So uh, Turkey are currently sitting 11th, Scotland are currently sitting 12th. Now, given that, that I think it's as of next season, we already have uh, two Champions League places due to primarily probably down, down to, to, to Rangers, you know, operating again in Europe and, and getting into the group stages and stuff. You know, how vital is it? One, for, for Rangers as a club, you know, I, I don't think it, it'll be quite the same in terms of revenue because obviously we don't have the supporters getting into games and stuff like that. And it's got, if we do get through the tie on, on Thursday night, it's going to be hard to watch the draw and see the teams that we're not going to get to see, you know. But, Taking that to one side, how vital is it? One from 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 Rangers' point of view to get into the group stages, and two, a, a Scottish point of view in terms of the coefficient. I think we we want to be you know in amongst it um, every season now. You know we've got a taste of it there uh, last season and the season before, um, and actually we've had a, a much easier time of it in terms of the qualifying this season, uh, just by in terms of the volume of games. This is going to be, you know, probably similar to last season's game against Liga Warsaw, and that, you know, they're a team that are dangerous and, and you know, historically have a, a great pedigree, um, similar to ourselves. So it's going to be hard, and it was quite funny because I'd actually looked at their team they put out on a Thursday night and, and their, their qualifier, and I found it quite strange that I couldn't, you know, really recognise any of the names and then when I actually looked at the squad list and they got Arbatura in there and, and Falcao as well so it'll be interesting I would, I would expect both of them to play on on Thursday night uh, as well they drew with, with Fenerbahce 0-0 today and wasn't a great result at home for them uh, had seven players booked as well so I mean <laughs> I don't really know what to expect but certainly I think you know it'll be a tough test for us but you know, we faced, you know, Feyenoord um, and Villarreal and all these kind of teams that we've faced over the past couple of years. You know, we have Porto as well. We've come we've come up against big teams and, and managed to get results, especially at Ibrox. So nothing really to fear. And after, after Thursday's performance, um, I think that was a real acid test in terms of how we were approaching Europe this season. You know, because actually, you know, team we played on Thursday night had barely lost the game at home. I don't think they'd lost the game at home for about a year. Um, and then we turned them over 4 0. So that had, uh, that could have been a tricky fixture. I think this Thursday will be a harder fixture. I think they'll be, they'll come prepared and they'll be a good side. But, you know, I think in terms of our standing as a club, we want to be in the Champions League, ideally. But, you know, at the moment, the, the competition that's available to us, Europa League, and we should be trying everything we can to continue what's been a fantastic run under Steven Gerrard, you know, to get to the, the last 16 last season and then really have it disrupted by, you know, the coronavirus uh, pandemic um, and ultimately being put out by a top, top team in Leverkusen. You know, we want another taste of that. We want to be competing at that level. It will be a bit different. It will be a bit depressing, actually, you know, not being able to go and see the, the games and enjoy the European nights from anywhere other than our own living rooms. But, yeah, I, I think it's it's important that we continue Europe for as long as we can again this season um, and just keep that that standing in, in the European uh, campaign and, and, and platform. Uh, 
Final, final sort of point. I'll, I'll stick with you, uh, David Ren, on this one. Given the, both our connections with, with both clubs, uh, Hadji's da and Graham Souness, who do you think will be supporting? Sorry? What do you mean? What, what, what's, what do you mean? What's your question? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> you switch you off. No, you just confused, you confused me. Right, Hadji's da. Uh-huh. Graham Souness. Yeah. They've got strong connections to both clubs on Thursday night, no? Yes, no, I agree. Agreed. Right. So who are they supporting? Or who are all oh, right? Um I think I think both will be supporting Rangers. And the reason I say right. that is well Sunis is a Sunis is a no doubt he'll be supporting Rangers. And surely Hadji wants the best for his son, no? Probably. You know how that that, that didn't work, David, is because you never read the agenda. Anyway, right. <laughs> Moving what, on again. I read some of it. <laughs> I read the headlines. That's, that's yeah, I'm going to go to Mr. Fraser. He's a better quality, I guess. Right, you just sit down there and think about what you've done. Uh, right, Mr. Fraser. Uh, moving on again. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about this ridiculous charge from the, the SFA and Stephen Gerrard. Uh, it, it's related to the game against Dungeon United when Morelos was 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 crocked. Basically, he had a big gash in his his leg. He was asked whether it should have been a red card. I, I, I thought Stephen Gerrard handled it well, but. The SFA in their wisdom, uh, Claire White has come in as the coefficient, I know the coefficient, as the compliance officer, uh, someone who I believe has a strong connection with Peter Law and also with a law firm that represents Celtic Football Club, but we'll not get into that. Rangers released a statement uh, after the charge was announced. Uh, I've got it here. It says, Rangers have been used that a notice of complaint has been raised against Stephen Gerrard for comments relating to a challenge which caused injury to Alfredo Morales. This bizarre charge, which we will robustly contest at the scheduled hearing. As is often the case, Stephen Gerrard was asked for his view on a flashpoint in the match, which leading questions related to the challenge that caused the injury and whether it should have been deemed a red card. On several occasions, he refused to do so. Given the wide range of incidents in Scottish football so far this season, we are perplexed that this issue has been raised and cited for complaint. Whilst our national sport faces an unprecedented crisis, it is baffling that resources are used to charge Rangers manager based on a flawed and inaccurate interpretation of Stephen Gerrard's remarks. Rangers will fully support its manager against the charge during the scheduled hearing. Uh, now, the, 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 the statement seems pretty clear, David. Uh, were they right to comment? I mean, I would, I would, I felt yes. I, I thought the charge against Stephen Gerrard uh, was outrageous, and it, it kind of feels like the compliance officer is that that whole system isn't operating fairly, in my opinion. I think most of us were expecting the player in question who made the challenge against Morelos, can't remember who he is off the top of my head. I think we all expected him to get cited. Didn't see anything wrong with that, but then Stephen Gerrard gets called up for commenting on it. Surely a load of nonsense. Utterly preposterous. Is the only way I can describe it. Um, I'm at a, bit of, a bit of a loss. The only comments I heard were, uh, I was obviously watching the, the season ticket stream, and I think if memory serves, it was Nick Thompson that put the question to him. Uh, I don't think it was David Graham that was, that was doing the doing the media duties that day. Um, and Steve, to be fair to him, uh, obviously acknowledged that the, the, the tackle was, was, was really bad. Um, he, he never, you know, as you rightly pointed out, he, he never uh, 
drew any attention to perceived incompetencies of said referee during that game, which was uh, obviously our, our friend, Kevin Clancy. Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, rightly, in my opinion, um, drew attention to the fact that, that it would be interesting had it been the, the injured player, the injured party, whether he uh, would have been on the receiving end of a reprimand from the referee had he and caused injury to an opposing player. Um, Claire White has saw fit to, to question whether that's uh, bringing uh, the integrity of the referee into question. And, uh, and her wisdom has uh, sought to, to say that, that, that Stephen Gerrard should, should answer for, for his comments. Ah, it's, it's, it's utterly, utterly incredible that, that Rangers have got to I've got to be um, bothered with that kind of stuff. It's, you know, I'm really at a loss, Colin. I mean, we, we've spoke at, at length with regards to to how Rangers are number one, you know, justifiably uh, thought to be refereed to a different standard. Um, I think uh, a lot of Rangers supporters um, make the point that we do criticise referees and their, their perceived incompetence when we are winning, as well as when you know we may well be at the mercy of a bad decision, so that we kind of be accused of crying foul when you know things go against us and it costs us points. That we do point out these inconsistencies when we're winning, um, but for for the manager to. Um, to be faced with this trash is just, it's incredible. And it, 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 it makes me cast my mind back to when the witch hunt that, that Graham Soonis uh, was at the mercy of when the, the SFA back in the, 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 the late 80s and into the, the early 90s when, you know, there was a lot of jealousy going on and they sought to, um, to make an example of Graham Soonis and you could, you know, Pose the question: Did it did it factor into Graham's thinking about whether he was he was doing the right thing about moving down to Anfield? I just hope that this isn't a part of a concerted effort to try and second Stevie Gerrard and he leaving Rangers. But you know that that's that's tinfoil hat territory possibly. But I just to you know, come to the point, I, as I say, the the, the accusations of Gerrard uh, having to answer these charges are is utterly preposterous. Uh, David Rand, uh, I mean, I, th I, th I think David makes some good points there. Uh, I, I, I hate to go down the road. I know he, he sort of mentioned they're heading into tinfoil hat territory. But how do Rangers deal with this? Because it is a continuing issue uh, with the compliance officer. But, I mean, the stats are there to see that there are inconsistencies and that we have been on the receiving end of a, a disproportionate amount of retrospective action. But given that Rangers, it doesn't feel like they would have anyone of any merit in the in the sort of corridors of power and we certainly don't have a compliant media you know we don't have many friends in the media who are going to argue our case here so how do rangers deal with us that's a million dollar question isn't it? um i don't know i don't know how you how you you look at that and how you communicate you know the best 
way of dealing with it or changing things. But what I mean, what I would say is, in terms of these sorts of you know charges, does it mean that you know managers aren't allowed to have an opinion on you know things that happen within a game because the more that goes on and the more they're, they're reprimanded for you know things like that and comments like that then there's no point you know having anything other than the most basic of post-match uh, media and ways of communicating with um, the supporters because that's what it's all about really it's about getting the take of the, the manager and the players after the game and if it gets to a point where you're going to be charged for having an opinion on a tackle or on a decision, then you know um, the game's a bogey a wee bit there. Uh, and to be fair, what he said, as David um, said, you know, it wasn't. He could have gone a lot further. It could have been a, a lot more um, robust than what he said. And I thought, I thought it was fair enough uh, what Gerard, you know, said that day. And actually, I was surprised that he didn't he didn't go further. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's difficult. It's a really difficult one in terms of how you how you try and at least get clarity on how these decisions have been made. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Gary Holt because he was quite critical. Uh, the referee last week when Livingston played Celtic, you know, I think he had a, a comment about one of the goals which he felt was offside, and he made a comment around, "Well, you're looking for your officials to help you there. You know, you're looking for them to come out with the right decision." So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him because I think what he said there, I don't think it's controversial at all, but it's in the same sort of category as you know what Stephen Gerrard said. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Guys, moving on to, to next week uh, in the game against Ross County. Now, I was, I was looking at the league table today. They're currently sitting 11th, uh, sorry, 7th on 11 points. On a bit of a bad run at the moment, though. Lost the last three games, haven't scored a goal uh, and conceded uh, nine, I believe. So they're on a bit of a, a bit of a bad run. Uh, we've got a good record against them. Home tie, we're on form. Uh, David Fraser, you would you would hope that this is a good opportunity to get three points and and maybe even up the the goal difference again. Yeah, yeah. Um, County, uh, aye, as you say, they've not a great record against us um, of late. Um, and we've got a we've got a, a good record at home, so I, I, you know, without leaving the point, I, I don't see any reason if we maintain our, our current levels as to why Ross County would pose any problems. We just need to be professional. Um, obviously, injuries and uh, team selection headaches um, that may arise as a result of the the intervening fixtures, right? Um, cause Stevie a, a headache, but if we play like we can and we've got uh, a good squad to pick from and put a, a settled team in the part that, that are at it, to use a, a cynicism, um, I don't see any reason why we can't collect maximum points. And if we're, we're really on song like we were today, um, we can't uh, eat into the into the goals for Colin. Uh, David Rend, Celtic are... They travel to Perth to face St. Johnson. They've got the lunchtime kickoff on Sunday. So if, if they, as you would expect, pick up the points, it becomes crucial that, that not only that we, that we beat Ross County, that, that, that we try and increase that, that goals for column as well. Yeah, it's maybe good for us to get that wee bit of pressure as well after they've played. Um, 
But no, it'll be good to it'll be good to go back. Um, hopefully after a positive result in Europe, because uh, that would be fantastic to to have a similar week to what we've had this week, because it's been um, it's been great to see so many goals flying in and to get to you know great performances like that back to back. So hopefully hopefully we're looking and you know next Sunday whoever's on the podcast uh, are you know having as much positive um, vibes as we are. <laughs> right guys uh, finish up just a wee sort of light hearted topic to, to wrap the show up uh, Super Alley turned 58 this this week I, I'm actually struggling to believe that he's he's approaching 60 it, it feels incomprehensible that Super Alley's approaching that age but he is and I thought it would be a good chance to talk about his relationship with the sport because I feel during his, his sort of time as manager and especially when we went down the, the leagues that that was damaged, you know. He was he was always a legend in the eyes of the supporters, but it felt to me that that was damaged a wee bit. And I must admit, it was damaged by myself. I I, I kind of became a bit frustrated uh, with some of the stuff that he'd, he'd done at that point. But recently, I've I've started to feel the love again for McCoy. So I think you know the stuff that he's doing on Talk Sport, stuff that he's doing on Instagram, uh, and it it, it it feels to me like he's he's still a a, a strong. Uh, ambassador for Rangers Football Club. Uh, David Fraser, I'll come to you first on this. Super Ali. Still super? Aye, aye. Just, just in my eyes. Uh, I loved Ali as a player like yourself, Colin. Um, he was one of the Rangers heroes growing up when I was growing up. And uh, aye, you know, I, you know I, I worshipped the ground that, that Ali walked on. They could do no wrong. Um, you know, some of his his match winning goals. Uh, remember a night at Hamden, a horrible night at Hamden, Scottish Cup semi final '92, and David Robertson gets sent off for body checking Joe Mill on the halfway line by Andrew Waddle. And Ali's goal that night was was phenomenal. Uh, his overhead kick in the, the League Cup final against Hibs at, at the Chamber of Secrets, fantastic. Uh, countless goals against. Against their pals, uh, ah, he was a hero. He was a hero, and then he comes back to the club after the the, the Le Guin debacle as Walter's right hand man. Uh, dipped his toe in the, the water, taking the, the side for the, the Scottish Cup ties, and uh, and uh, managed to put a, a cut winning team in the part against Queen of the South, if I recall. Um, and then obviously assumed the the hot seat. Uh, or the electric chair is the is may well be appropriate um, under the stewardship of Craig White. Then it all seemed to just go pear shoot for Ali. Uh, certainly not the, the the season in the third division. Um, I, I remember the final game of the season when we set a, a world record for a fourth tier league game against Berwick Rangers uh, when he was on the pitch and. and uh, the, the rallying call to the, the support of uh, we are the people because of how well we'd backed the club in such dark times and then it all fell apart um, you know fans questioning his, his managerial ability you know what his what his take in the game was and and it, 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 it undoubtedly divided opinion that's before you get to all the, the, the behind the scenes stuff about you know shares and his remuneration and, and what have you and his, his general his general demeanour when he was when he was 
you know, had to put his, his politician's hat on, if you like. But I, I, I've often have discussions where Ali comes into the, the equation with, with some fans, some family members as well, um, who maybe don't look upon Ali as kindly as a, a lot of Rangers supporters. And uh, I, always, I always bring up the fact that we're in for Ali McCoy's during the, the negotiations of the five-way agreement. Um, I think if Ali hadn't been in situ, and especially given Sandy Health, Sandy Jardin's failing health at the time, I think it was a distinct possibility that we may well have been stripped of some, uh, certainly trophies, certainly cup wins, possibly even league titles. Uh, and Ali, I think, played a monumental part in ensuring that that wasn't the case. Um, I think Charles Green may, may well have been predisposed to... to um, Going with the flow, given it, he was he was just a, the, the new kid in, in town with regards to the boardroom discussions with, with the league and the SFA and uh, TV companies and what have you. So, aye, he, he, he certainly divides divides opinion, uh, and without hogging the, the airwaves any longer, uh, I think he's a bit of a required taste. He splits opinion with regards to his, his media duties. I mean, he, he, he likes to paint the persona that he's everyone's pal. He doesn't really seem to get anybody's back up and. It's, you know, some supporters don't take to it. He, he, he cast their mind back last week and his pals act Ian Crocker, somebody who, who, who clearly doesn't like Rangers. If you watch the game today and listen to Ian Crocker's voice when the, their third goal went in, the deflation uh, and the resignation that the mother will only be in their part today to keep the, the league uh, race interesting. Um, that, that, that doesn't sit well with a lot of supporters. Um, and obviously the money that he was earning, given that we were in the third division at the time. But uh, I am with you. I'll side with you. I would say he's just he's in the he's in, he's, he's just in the credit. Uh, he's just in the credit as opposed to the debit um, line on the balance sheet. So uh, he's still super to me. David, then final call on this. What about Super Ali for you? Still super. I'm not going to sit in the fence here. I absolutely love Ali McCoyst. Uh, he was he was way before my time in terms of um, you know seeing him play. But I mean, just uh, to me, you know, Ali McCoyst represents Rangers in many ways. Uh, just everything about him. I think he's like for guys my age, probably. I don't know. Certainly speak for myself, but he's like a, he's like a dad almost. You know, every every Rangers fan my age will feel like that. I think, um, fantastic. I think he's a great broadcaster. I think he's really really entertaining, funny. Um, he was obviously a fantastic player and a great servant. You know, greatest ever goal scorer. I think he listen. I had a season ticket during the, the McCoy's years, and well, I forgive him for you know signing Kevin Kyle. You know, Ignacio Sagiriu and Sebastian Fore and Ian Black, probably not. But, you know, for me, I would never let his spell as manager um, cloud my judgment over, you know, what he means to me as a Rangers fan. And I think to many others, I think in, in terms of Ali McCoyst, he um, epitomises what, what Rangers is all about for me personally. I mean, I, I know I can understand you know, people that, that haven't have issues with him. But for me, you know, no doubt that he's still super and, and no doubt he's a massive hero of mine. And um just 
a year younger than the new Colin. So, um, <laughs> fantastic guy, fantastic guy, fantastic young man. Well, 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 it does have one thing in common with me. Uh, we were both up Ben Loman the other week there, but in terms of age, he's he's got a good. I think he's got a good ten year on me. So I and, and I'm kind of like both you guys. I mean, I, I, I was ten year old when McCoy signed for Rangers, nineteen eighty three. And you know, I can remember my dad hated him when he first arrived. You know, and I, I think you need to give McCoy a lot of credit for that because he came through that early period of his career. You know, he really struggled, uh, and he had the, the sort of mental strength to get through that. You know, and and he showed how good a player he was. Two golden boots, you know, towards the end, he's, you know, if he's sort of 26, 27 onwards, he was just unstoppable at Rangers. Uh, his managerial thing did upset me a wee bit, some of the stuff that went on. But no, and, you know, time's a great healer. Uh, yeah, and, and Ali's super for me again, I must admit. So if, if you're listening, Ali, you're, you're older than me, uh, but you're still super to me. Uh, and I think a lot of supporters are starting to feel like that again, you know. And I think there was a good point made earlier on. I think during those whole negotiations, you know, regarding what was going to happen with Rangers at the time, I think he knows a lot of stuff. And I would like to see what he knows, you know, maybe bring a book out in a few years about it. But I think he knows a lot of stuff that went on in the background. But anyway, guys, conscious of time, so uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up there. So that's all for this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the Independent Rangers Podcast. It's brought to you by fans for fans. A big thank you to the two Davids and the confusion that they gave me the night. Uh, but big thanks to them and their contributions. Obviously, big week coming up for Rangers again. Galatasaray on Thursday night. Ross County next Sunday. There'll be a show next Sunday night to cover those things. In the meantime, get yourself onto the website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Guys, obviously, there's been increased restrictions recently. A wee reminder that this virus hasn't gone away. So, as always, stay safe, look after yourselves. Uh, and bye for now.